G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Dysregulator Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Today's episode, just a quick check-in to let you know how I'm travelling because there's a bit of news to report on. Now the first thing is, the first thing is, all the big fans of the show will remember when I used to record episodes in my car. That was because I was always paranoid that people would be walking past my room where I lived uh, in that student accommodation sort of setup that I was in. And my social anxiety kept telling me, Elliot, they're laughing at you through the other side of the door, okay? So I couldn't handle it, and I used to record episodes in the car. Now I'm back in the car doing it again. Now why, you may ask, why are you back in the car, Elliot? Well, similar thing, you know, on the mental health ward that I'm staying in at the moment, people are going backwards and forwards, and I don't think that they could hear me talk anyway, but... Just knowing that there might be someone on the other side of my door is enough to make me jump back into the car like I have today. It's not just that though. I actually listened to one of the episodes back, which I rarely, rarely do. I hate listening to myself talk, like we all sort of do, I guess, but I really don't like. Usually I just upload with my eyes closed and go, all right, submit, and then that's it. I never listen to it again. I just get some feedback from you guys, and then I know if we've hit the mark or not. But this particular time, I went back and listened to the episode on those that I've lost along the way. Now, partly I did that because it's created quite a stir amongst people, which is, you know, I guess it's good because, you know, there's a lot of people that I guess would like to see me more and I need to make sure that I put in the effort required to keep those relationships strong. So I thought, okay, I better go back and listen to it just to see what I exactly said, because that's the thing. Like so many of the episodes I do on this show, I just don't really remember what I said. I have a bit of an idea, a general idea of what I said, but I don't have that level of detail. And the reason I think is when I do these episodes, I'm in fight or flight mode or freeze, but I'm in flight mode. So although I'm able to talk, get these episodes out, it's almost like I disassociate a little bit and I'm just running on autopilot. So quite often... Like I said, a lot of these episodes that I've done, I don't really know what I said. I know a bit of an idea of what I probably said, but when I get feedback from you guys, that's usually how I know if if we've done a good job or not. But I listened back to this episode, and and one thing that I noticed was that it sounded very echoey, and that's because the room that I'm staying in, room 18, is very echoey. There's no carpet or anything because it's a mental health ward, so you know that's all part of the deal. So I've gone out into my car, doing this episode, filling you all in with what's been going on because there's been a bit. So let's get into that part. So today I had my first clinical review, which included a social worker, an occupational therapist, a psychiatrist, and a nurse, myself and my parents, because they obviously have buy-in to my welfare as well. So it was it, it pretty much went as how I expected. We we discussed you know, what, what the keys are for me moving forward, one of which is psychological therapy, another is building healthy habits and routines. This is all pretty basic stuff, you could say, that I've spoken about many times before, but now is the time we need to lock these things in. And that's exactly what this clinical review was about. I really put the focus on my anxiety, though, because this is the thing. You know, I've got all these different labels, okay? All of them. There's like seven, eight, nine of them, whatever it is. But if there's one that underpins everything and really blocks me from moving forward and doing the things I know I should be doing, it is 
anxiety, whether it's generalized anxiety or social anxiety, it doesn't matter. Anxiety stops me from doing the things that I should be doing. And the fact that I know I should be doing them and feel incapable of doing them makes me very depressed. And you can see how this sort of spirals down very quickly. So I really made the focus today in this clinical review about my anxiety because it needs to go. It needs to go because I spoke before about fight, flight, or freeze. Well, usually, not when I do these episodes, but usually I'm in freeze mode and I'm not doing the things that I know I should be doing. And that is a depressing thought. So the anxiety comes first for me when, when we're looking at, you know, the sort of the big anxiety depression too. You know, anxiety is the one that tends to come first and then the depression comes after when I'm incapable of doing the things I know I should be doing. Because I'm very, I guess, goal-orientated. Now, if you're trying to achieve a goal or a task or whatever, you get hits of dopamine. Boom, dopamine's that reward chemical. Now, the thing is, if you're anxious and don't don't achieve anything and, and don't tick off these goals and tasks that you want to do, you're not getting the dopamine like you should be. Because the anxiety is blocking the dopaminergic response because we're not doing the things we need to do to get the dopamine flowing. And that is going after our goals, getting stuff achieved every day, you know, just cleaning your room, putting the washing out, whatever. If you're in anxiety freeze mode and you can't do any of those things, you're not getting much dopamine, that's for sure. And as a result, you feel pretty crappy. So I really made today a big statement about anxiety because yes, I've got borderline personality. Yes, there's OCD, there's, you know, bipolar, there's ADHD, there's high functioning autism, who knows, there's heaps more, but that doesn't matter because at this point of the journey, and this is something I haven't identified until probably now, it is anxiety that needs to go. And then the others we can start to look at as well, but the anxiety needs to go first or else we can't unlock our ability to look at these other diagnoses in a way that they deserve. So anxiety, big part of the clinical review. My only real worry is I've got a funny feeling as far as medications go, we may have just about hit the end of the road. So the impression I'm getting is that the psychiatrist believes perhaps that as far as medications go, I'm dialed up pretty much as much as we can be. I'm dialed up with the clomipramine, the lamotrigine, the quetiapine. You know, these are pretty pretty significant psychoactive medications, especially clomipramine in this case, because it is the old school one with all the side effects, but it tends to work better. And it has worked for me, but I really was hoping we could squeeze a little bit more out of them. And then the psychological therapy and interventions would take us from, you know, feeling flat, but not depressed to living a life worth living, you know, being being engaged with the world and achieving things and, and having a real good go of it. But it appears maybe, just maybe, the medications have got me as far as they can and this is what we're going to have to deal with. And that's a bit of a problem because, for example, today I was at work and I lasted four and a half hours before I had to go because I was overwhelmed, I was stressed, I was anxious and it was just a terrible, it's been a terrible day to be honest, a really terrible day. But we're getting this episode out, that's the main thing. Even though it's been such a such a terrible day, a bit of a write-off, we are finishing on a high with me doing this episode. Anyway, I'll continue. So the thing is, so I really need therapy, you know. Diagnosis like borderline personality, you can't medicate personality. You just can't. Trust me, I've tried it. You can't do it. 
But what you can do is straighten it all out a bit with psychological interventions. Now, psychological therapy costs a lot of money. I don't have much money, as we know. Okay, if anyone wants to donate to me, please do. Maybe more on that later. Anyway, anyway, that's that's for down the track. Um, I'm not going to blow that secret just yet. Where was I? Oh, yeah, psychological therapy is expensive. So for me to get the psychological therapy that I need, I need to be working more so I can fund it and afford to go. Now, the problem is, for me to work more, I need to be in therapy so I can practice these skills and techniques so I can be engaged at work and do more hours and put more on my plate. Do you see where there's a problem? What comes first, the therapy or the money, or the money or the therapy? So this is a real problem that I've got at the moment because I'm not really capable. My capacity to work more isn't really there at the moment. And as a result, I'm not in therapy like I need to be. And that means because I'm not in therapy, I can't bump the hours up at work or even you know apply for new jobs and stuff in the mental health field because I'm just not at that point at the moment. So that's a big problem, big problem. And I haven't come up with a remedy for that one just yet. Although I did bring that up in the clinical review as well. And there might be some options down the track. And I'll let you know once I know to see what the go is. Because especially for you guys listening in Australia, some of you may be going through something similar. So if I can figure out a way to get free psychology, I promise I'll let you know. I will. So yes, the clinical review that was today, which was pretty full on. But you know... You know, we know what's up ahead. We've got to get these routines sorted. You know, we've got to see if we can tweak the medications a little bit. But if not, we've got to really focus on getting to work and then getting to therapy. And if we can do that, I think it's all going to take off. But for that to happen, we need this anxiety to go down. We really need this anxiety to piss off. It's been around for so long. I've, I don't know if I've said on this episode before, but I was asked the other, uh, not this episode, this podcast before. I'm not sure if I've said this, but I was asked the question the other day, when do you think, you know, your anxiety started? And I remember in year two, I was on the monkey bars and I was thinking, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I remember thinking, I have a feeling I've already told this story, but anyway, whatever, it's a good one. And I remember thinking on the monkey bars, fair dinkum, maybe words to that effect. I don't want to live a life where I'm nervous all the time. So that's year two. That is a long, long time ago. And anxiety has been such a key component of my psyche ever since and it's about time that we turn it off for good not my psyche that is the the anxiety component anyway so yeah so I think that is probably all for now I'm going to do some more episodes soon on my actual sort of day-to-day routines but here at the intermediate mental health unit so I want to give you a bit of an idea of what it's like being inside one of these units um because, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it's, I think for, for people that maybe think they need this sort of help, I want to try and show that it's not as scary as maybe you think it is. I was a bit scared coming in here, you know, Maitland Private Hospital, not so much because, you know, it's a private hospital, it's a bit more laid back, like yada, yada, yada. But this place, this is the real deal is how I look at it. And it's actually nowhere near as scary or daunting as I thought it was going to be. And I think that's a message that I really want to get out there. And I want to provide some good examples of my time here to really show that, you know, if you need the help, don't be scared about getting the help, even if you've got to go to a place like this. It's not that bad. And really, there's only upsides. Okay. 
Um, I think that's about it for now. One little thing as well, I'm getting interviewed tomorrow on another podcast, which is exciting. So I'm going to get the recording of that and put it on this show as well. So a bit of cross promotion. So get ready, everyone. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't, I don't quite know what, well, obviously we're going to talk about mental health, duh. Like, obviously that's, that's all I talk about almost. Um, oh, actually that reminds me, geez, that's another thing that was brought up in the clinical review. The problem, okay, we'll just backtrack a little bit. A big problem I have at the moment and have had for a long time is that I don't have much diversity when it comes to my hobbies and interests. Basically, my whole life revolves around mental health, whether it's my own mental health or researching you know, mental illnesses or trying to come up with ways to, I don't know, cure depression or anxiety or whatever. Um, my whole life now is geared around mental health and that, you know... Part of that is because when I went to the UK a few years ago, which I need to talk more about that trip too, because it was very, very important. Anyway, when I come back from the UK, I identified that I really needed to hone in on my meaning and purpose. And really what I cut, what it all boiled down to in the end was I don't want other people to feel the way that I have, because a lot of my story could have been, could have been avoided if, if we spoke about mental health more, had a bit more education about these sorts of things, if the stigma wasn't so strong. And me being autistic or Asperger's or whatever you want to call it, you know, inherent in that is these really defined interests that you obsess over. So all of a sudden, my interest went from, I don't know, you know, a couple of different things to basically one, and that's where we're at now. And my whole life is devoted, it feels, to mental health, which is okay, except when your mental health is suffering and that stresses you out and it actually it actually pushes me further to do more research because it's like, all right, the answer's got to be out there somewhere. If I stay up till 4am reading, you know, journal articles on Google Scholar, maybe I'll stumble across the medication or the therapy that's going to fix me. And then that will fix other people as well. And that's great. So we need to really, really do everything we can to try and find this answer. And the thing is, being so devoted to the science of psychology and, and I guess psychiatry too is that it can be very overwhelming, especially when my mental health isn't going to crash hot. That means all of a sudden my whole interest in life, which is just mental health, isn't too crash hot either. And that brings my whole demeanor down and, you know, can ruin ruin days. And all of a sudden it sort of compounds on each other. So mental health is suffering today. So that means I'm going to look at, you know, more, I guess, I don't know, sort of sad and melancholic sort of material on, you know, on, on mental health. Um, and then that in itself sort of creates this negative feedback loop because we're not feeling very good. So we're researching even more to find the answer. Don't really find the answer. So we feel even worse. And that's, that means we've got to look harder and then, you know, where this is going. So, you know, this is, this is a very, as far as I understand it, sort of autistic Asperger's sort of thing. And, there's probably an element of my OCD that's coming in here as well. So these obsessional thoughts around mental health and, and between those two diagnoses, OCD and, and high functioning autism, what you get is a very dedicated mental health warrior, which is me, but unfortunately the burden of trying to find these answers for myself and other people tends to bring me down a bit. So I need to diversify my interests. I need to get back to running. I need to get back to the gym. I need to play an instrument again. I need to, I don't know, I need to just do some things 
that are purely for enjoyment. There's no significance behind them necessarily, and they're not related to mental health, which would be good too, just to do some things that are fun for the sake of doing things that are fun. That was another big point that was mentioned today in the clinical review that I'm going to try and work on. I'm hoping I might even go for a run tomorrow, maybe, maybe, because running has been a big part of my story. And I think running, you know, I used to run every day throughout my teens and early twenties. And I think by doing that, it really insulated myself from mental illness, the worst parts really well, because, you know, there's a lot of studies that say that exercising is just as good as any antidepressant. And I think for me, exercising does a better job than these antidepressants, the vast majority anyway. So it makes sense if I'm running every day, you know, that that's a that's a shot of endorphins and, you know, dopamine again, that's come up again, dopamine's important, because, you know, I'm chasing these goals, I want to go for a run today, and then I did it, so the dopamine's firing, you know, we know how this sort of works at a, on a pretty basic level, but that is the gist of it. So I think back in the day with me running every day, like I said, insulated me against the worst of my mental illnesses, and the problem is now... I don't insulate myself against the worst of my mental illnesses. And what I do do is become obsessive about the worst of my mental illnesses and then really focus on those points. And if I am not careful, which I guess I haven't been lately, it drags me down further. Even though we're trying to find the answer, it drags me down further. So, so another of the big goals, get routines, but get these healthy habits and let's do some things for fun, just for the sake of being, of enjoyment and having a good time, you know, within reason, of course. But yeah, get back to the gym, running, you know, playing an instrument. What else do I say? I'd like to start singing again. I haven't sung for so long. I love singing. I'm not very good, but very passionate singer. Um, Yeah. So that was another big part of today. All right. Well, I think that is all. I think that is all. That episode has gone about four times as long as I thought it would, but I think I've got some stuff out there. That's good. It's been a while since I've uploaded and I was very excited all day today. I was like, yep, when I get back, I am going to do an episode and we've done it. And I'll tell you, the dopamine is firing. All right. So if you're enjoying the show, feel free to like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and Please, if, it, if you think this would help, this show would help somebody, please share the show around with your mates. And you can contact me on Instagram at thedysregulated.podcast or elliot.t.waters. Send me a message. Give me some ideas of episodes you'd like to hear, and I'll do the research within reason, of course, and then we'll get some material out there. So I'm loving the messages I get. Keep them coming, please. All right, thank you for listening, everybody, and I will see you next time here on the Dysregulated Podcast. Podcast.